Some of the world's most powerful people are scared. Recently arrested Madam Ghislaine Maxwell has videos and evidence that implicate royalty, politicians, and celebrities in horrible abuses of minors. Now, the elite's entire house of cards could be crumbling down. And we're back on the Everyman podcast, and tonight we'll be dealing with some very, very, very heavy stuff. Viewers be warned, this will be explicit. We will be dealing with some very uncomfortable subject matter. I'm here with Dom. Dom, how are you? Doing good. We're going to talk about some sick people. Okay, so tonight's theme, sex trafficking in high places. We all know that there has been a very, very, very prominent death in the news. It's been featured in the news quite a bit. Queen Elizabeth has passed away. And um, a lot of people are mourning her. Mm-hmm. You know, she's been, she's been the queen for a very long time. She's been a, a prominent figure for, the, for a very long time. Mm-hmm. There have been some pretty strange connections with her family, though. And, um, you know, I don't want to, I'm not looking to malign her, you know, so it has nothing to do with the queen herself. But there was a, a glaring connection that, you know, it caught my attention. I'm sure it caught a lot of people's attention. And I felt it was worth talking about. And then once we go down that rabbit hole, we see. You know, we see some things that are worth discussing. Mm -hmm. So, as I had mentioned, this episode is going to be dealing a lot with sex trafficking, particularly of minors. Why it's being done, you know, by such powerful people, how it's being swept under the rug, and um, several connections that... um, that are very, very evident. I don't think we're going to cover everything in one episode. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest, it's just way too much. You know, I, I went down the rabbit hole. I I started seeing things, and there, there's quite a lot to talk about. So we're going to try and move through it as quickly as we can, you know, discuss it, give our take on it, be as critical as possible. But... Um, <laughs> As I had mentioned before, it's pretty, pretty disturbing stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Dom, Prince Andrew, what do you think? Are we talking Prince Andrew solely as a monarch or Prince Andrew insofar as we're talking about the subject? Well, Both? Let's, let's, start, let's start with Prince Andrew the monarch. What do you think? Uh Generally speaking, I think monarchs uh, had a role to play in governance in the past. Mm-hmm. No, but what about him personally? Him personally? Per- yeah. Well, what do you as, know about As him? far as I know, he was mostly on the side, if you want to call it that, for the m- majority of his uh, m- monarchical career, whatever you want to call it. I don't think he was ever once um, in line for succession. I think it's his brother. So I'll... From I don't really know too much, I'm, and I don't really follow a lot of these sorts of uh, news cycles and things of that nature. Um, 
from what I do know of him in the news, I know that he's probably an individual that when you're kind of off to the side, you have a lot of power given your birth rights. You have a lot of money at your disposal. So he's an important person. That's pretty safe to say. He's important um, in the United Kingdom, I guess, and I suppose the Commonwealth as well. I, don't, I mm-hmm. wouldn't say that he's overly important in total governance unless we really get down a rabbit hole, but um, he's important enough. He has a, yeah, He's a big figure in the U.K., for sure. Would you be surprised to learn that he had a, something of a friendship with a very, very, very notorious sex trafficker? Would I be surprised to know? No. And I do know that, but I wouldn't be surprised to know. No, I wouldn't be shocked to know. I, I think those types of hidden or unseen sorts of relationships or interactions or engagements are probably way more commonplace than we think they are. And I think it's counterintuitive, but you would think, well, somebody like that has a lot to lose, but that's the exact reason why they know that they can push that kind of boundary. So. Well, the sex trafficker I was referring to is, of course, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. And uh, the BBC had reported on uh, their friendship, a connection between the two of them back in 2011. Mm -hmm. So it's not recent or, you know, well, Jeffrey Epstein is dead now, but you know what I mean. It's been going on for a long time. And uh, yeah, he had a a friendship with Mm -hmm. Jeffrey Epstein, who was a, a terrible, terrible person, despicable person. And, uh... This guy's a bit of an enigma himself. I mean, everyone knows the name, you know. Uh, he's become like a meme at this point. You know, Epstein didn't hang himself, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get to that later. But he's a weird, weird guy, you know. You you try and find out about this guy, you, you're going to see how cryptic it really is. I, I mean, I I was able to learn some things about him, but it's it's strange, man. It's really, really strange. Mm-hmm. You know, who, who, was, about who was this guy? No, I'm talking about Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And where Prince Andrew fits in this is what is Prince Andrew doing in, you know, in any, in contact with a guy like this? Jeffrey Epstein was a horrible person. I, I'm going to go through it and we'll discuss just how horrible of a person he really was. But um, what was Prince Andrew doing with a guy like this? That, that's, you know, it's conspiracy theory fuel. You've heard conspiracy theorists talk about this all the time. You know, I'm not going to get into everything they say, but it, that's a valid question. Okay, you, you're, you know, you're part of a prominent family, and I'm not saying, you know, people in, in those positions are perfect or anything like that. But what are you doing hanging out with a guy like this? Mm. I mean, this guy was the lowest of the low. We'll, we'll explain this connection, right? We're going to do the best we can to explain it. You know, can I quickly just interject? Sure. I think just on the conspiracy notion, because this will guaranteed come up <laughs> on future episodes that we'll do, but there often is a confusion or a distortion of the word conspiracy. And I think the underlying action is probably uh, more geared towards skepticism. And I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not entirely sure being skeptic, or, or being a skeptical person is necessarily a bad thing. And I think the the way that the, the term conspiracy has been co-opted now, um, if we're having dialogue, for example, about the topic of the episode tonight on Jeffrey Epstein or pedophilia or any of these sorts of things, 
to ask questions doesn't mean you're necessarily conspiratorial. You're inquisitive about a particular... Oh, I, I agree 100%. Just yeah. to kind of set everything up. You know yeah, what I mean? Because you know, then, then it's easy to get boxed in. Somebody thinks you're a conspiracy theorist. You're just you're connecting some dots here. That's all you're trying to do. And Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, not every conspiracy theory is, is crazy. Okay. And some are, definitely. When we'll discuss the ones that are. You know, we we try to be fair and balanced in everything we talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, these these are valid questions. Okay, so who was Jeffrey Epstein? Sorry, just give me one second here. I'm going to get this queued up. Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein was a billionaire New York businessman whose vast wealth bought an arrogance that knew no limits. Damn the consequences, he acted as if he could have anything he craved. But what he desired most was sex with young women and girls. For years, he abused them at will. And such were the numbers of victims Epstein exploited, he started trading them around the world. He masterminded a sex trafficking ring which enabled his rich and influential friends and associates to share in his perversion. Remarkably, those accused of complicity in this scandal... Hmm. Seems like a remarkable kind of guy. (laughs) Yeah, very remarkable. Very remarkable. So, like I said, I I tried to learn as much about him as I could. Um, He taught at the Dalton School in New York Mm -hmm. with no degree. Mm -hmm. Okay? The Dalton School is a... It seems like a pretty prestigious private school. In New York, I, I think it's Manhattan, mm-hmm. East Manhattan or something like that. That didn't work out. And then from there, he moved directly into the financial sector. Go figure. Yeah, what a, you know, what a transition that was. Mm. How do you become a teacher at a very prestigious private school without a degree? How does that happen? Uh, it's a function of a probably political... Influence, uh, nepotism, all of the best human qualities that uh, get peop- the wrong people into the right positions. <laughs> I mean, that, that that's pretty wild. It is, yeah, it is. Well, you, I think generally as well when you when you look at a situation that should posit something in your mind, like that should be a red flag. Yeah. If every other, if you look at you know all your teachers in a given area, especially a private school, I would imagine that the qualifications are probably a degree higher than, let's say, a, a public school mm-hmm. um, or even a religious school. If everyone is having to do A, B, and C, and Jeffrey Epstein is not having to do A, B, and C, then obviously something is fishy there. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean malicious, but something is unusual well, or uncommon. He, he, now that we know, obviously, uh, right? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty safe to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then he moved into the financial sector, as I mentioned. Uh, he worked actually at um, Bear Stearns, a global investment bank. Mm. Okay. Bear Stearns of 2008 financial crisis, Bear Stearns. Oh, yeah, you One beat me to same. it, buddy. You beat me. I, well, actually, they were bought by uh, J.P. Morgan. Right. And, Consolidator. Uh, <laughs> that's right. And, uh, yeah, they were involved in the subprime mortgage crisis, which occurred between 2007 to 2010 in the United States. Now, you're you're something of a financial whiz. Can you explain that, like, in layman's terms? 
Of what specifically? The subprime uh, mortgage crisis. Yeah. So without getting too deep into it. Sure. There was a, um, a one of the financial institutions. This is going to be a very surface level. So one of the financial institutions back in the '80s had the idea that you could package a bunch of mortgages together and create a mortgage-backed security, or it's an MBS as they know in financial terms. And um, like any anything risk-based or investment-based, there has to be a degree of underwriting, uh, you know, because you're, you're trying to get the investor to invest into a security or a vehicle that will uh, generate some sort of return for the investor. So the idea at the beginning, and really any um, good idea from a neutral perspective can be distorted to be good or bad, or hopefully mostly good, but sometimes in this case it turns out to be bad. So what ended up happening over time was that the financial players, um, whether those be banks or foreign institutions such in Europe and in Asia, um, mostly in North America, specifically the United States, they ended up, instead of ensuring that these um, mortgage-backed securities were of the highest quality, they would distort the optics and try to you know fudge the numbers. So eventually what you think is... Uh, a nice investment vehicle that has a bunch of really fresh, nice golden crisp <laughs> apples or whatever, choose your fruit of choice, mm. in fact, is rotting. And then over time, they packaged more and more bad stuff. And they, they basically defrauded the investor. They sold it as if it was a Ferrari and it ended up being like a, a beater. So, yeah, some pretty shady shit. Yeah. <laughs> shady shit, <laughs> for sure. Shady shit. Yeah, they duped, they duped millions of people. Okay, well, <clears throat> Epstein... Moved into that realm mm-hmm. after his stint as a teacher didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if he was qualified to be in that realm either. I I uh, I don't uh, forgive me for this, but I, I don't really know too much of his uh, technical educational background. From what mm-hmm. I have read, I don't believe he was qualified to be. You have to remember the guys in the finance world; they're they're top of the top. That's where all the sharks are. So. You have to have the qualifications in order to be in that world, or else you'll. Lose and yet, your... somehow he managed to get in there. That's yeah. wow. Okay. Yep. That's okay. Uh, so crazy. Se- second, uh, second job that he managed to get in without qualifications. Hmm. Yeah, not a whole lot is known about this guy. That that's kind of what freaks me out the most, right? And then when you hear all these conspiracy theories, okay, like I know that's the new thing now. Everyone likes to laugh at people that believe in conspiracy theories, but. I, I, I'm very interested in how this guy got to where he got mm-hmm. in life. I'm not here proposing any conspiracy theories. I'm just asking the question. How, how did this guy get to where he got? If I had to guess, uh, I'm, I'm saying he must have known people in various places that would allow him oh, that clearly. Sort of, yeah, you need to. Well, yeah. you're, you're like, a private school is one thing, but if you're getting into the financing the, the the financial market term is financier. Mm-hmm. But if you're getting into that realm, you've got to know people in high places because nobody's just going to start either you're, you being a lender of, so, of some sort or a financier of some sort or being in the investment game. You're you're not getting there without some sort of cloud or connection. It's, it's virtually Somebody impossible. helped you. Somebody, yeah. There had Somebody to be outside assistance. You. There must have been. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is not uh, – you, you don't just walk up – to a firm like this 
with without the proper qualifications yes. and just say, hey, hire me. No, it's not going to happen. It's it's pretty clear this guy was very, very connected mm-hmm. right, right, right from the onset. Mm-hmm. This guy was very connected. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he, he really, I, I've never heard his name before up until what happened, you know, with his, with his island and, and all the sex crimes and, and all the child trafficking. I never heard his name before. So for a guy who rubbed elbows with the who's who, you know, this guy was friends with celebrities. Um, big tech guys. Uh, I'm sorry? Big t- tech guys like Bill Gates. Yeah, big tech guys like Bill G- Actually, Bill Gates' wife said publicly that she left Bill Gates because of his friendship with Jeffrey Epstein. Mm-hmm. Like, am I wrong here for, for thinking this is weird? Like, this guy just kind of appears out of nowhere. And he's rubbing elbows with all these all these big shots. He's like, what's that term? Not an enigma. It's like he just came out of nowhere. He just brought. He did, yeah. I mean, that's what it seems like. Yeah, he just came out of nowhere. And he's he's. How do you become good friends with with somebody like Bill Gates? With all these different celebrities from the music industry to actors, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 really weird. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. And look at what he's into. Okay, this guy. You know, he's he was known for his uh, his sex crimes. That that's that was basically his his formal introduction to the world mm-hmm. was were his sex crimes. Mm-hmm. You know, so very very weird, and um, I don't know what to make of it. Announcement: Donald Trump hinted at the horrors that went on at Epstein's Island, calling it a cesspit, and saying, "quote Ask Prince Andrew about it." I don't know, but that island was uh, really a cesspool. There's no question about it. Just ask Prince Andrew. He'll tell you about it. Uh, the island was an absolute cesspool. So hmm. That was Donald J. Trump. In his own words, telling you about Epstein Island. Okay, mm-hmm. so... I'm sure most of you know what Epstein Island is, but just in case you don't, I'm going to tell you what it is. This this mysterious man with friends in high places had an island that was um, frequented by some of the most powerful people in America, probably all over the world. And um, there was a lot of sex trafficking and child abuse going on in this island, mm-hmm. on this island rather. So he had a very elite social network. Mm-hmm. That's not speculation. That's well documented. Yes. You know, absolutely. what have you heard about that? About his network? Yeah, about his network, the kind of people he was hanging out with. Well, if we're talking in a professional capacity, I, I've heard various things. I, I've heard that, again, uh, to, not to, you know, beat a dead horse here, but Bill Gates is, is probably one of the most common ones, especially in the age of. Uh, uh, cerveza sickness when um, when everybody was locked up inside, you know. All, all we're going to copyright that term. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, all, 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 you know, all sorts of um, conspiracy theories. Or I think were, when people had the downtime, they were getting into a bunch of crap. Um, but you know, in his professional circles, he knew quite a lot of people. And it's actually coincidentally, I, I've listened to a handful of podcasts of. Different sorts of hosts that Joe Rogan, sorry, different sorts of guests that Joe Rogan has had on in the past. One of them is a two. They're two brothers. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They're Eric and Brett Weinstein. I don't know if you ever heard of either of them. And no. Any, 
Okay, so they're unrelated to... Uh, the other Weinstein? Yes, unrelated to him. Um, they are two brothers that uh, different fields. One, I think, is an evolutionary biologist. The other one was an expert mathematician, and he actually works for Peter Thiel, okay. I believe, is one of his fund managers. The reason why I'm tying it in is because I think guys at that level, at the Epstein level, Peter Thiel is one of them. Now, that, there's no association whatsoever with those two individuals, but mm-hmm. I believe um, Eric Weinstein was invited over to one of his um, parties or get together business get-togethers, and there's an episode that he released on his podcast, which I believe is called The Portal. And this is another good, um, if you guys ever want to dig into this sort of material at any sort of length, uh, he has, uh, from what I recall, it's about a 45-minute episode. He didn't want to release okay. it for the longest time because he thought it was, as we've been discussing so far, some pretty creepy shit. And whether it was the types of people personally he was around, whether that was very young women or there are, there were or are, um, you know, business professionals that just were um, very weird in their behavior. Mm-hmm. And then he had all manner of decorations and sort of um, depictions, whether that be statues of, uh, let's call it women in their youth, children in their youth. So, yeah. So I it kind of, you know, I know I kind of went on, this, got sidetracked there, but his, yeah, his circle was filled with the elites of the elites, the celebrities, politicians, business people. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think not to connect too many dots this early, but you got to think if a guy like that is hanging around or, or you can even, you know what, inverse it. What the hell are those politicians? What the hell are those actors and actresses? What the hell are those businessmen doing with a guy like that now that we know what we know it's different before the that's exactly what i want to know yeah you didn't know anything before social media so you know you could see pictures from them in the 2000s and you know you know they could probably do all these things under the radar but now that we know everything's out in the open you got to ask yourself in a retroactive way what the hell were these people doing even if it was just like a, a trump and he's saying oh i just was in there in a, in a visiting capacity you still gotta ask even for trump mm-hmm. what the fuck were you doing like what wh- what's going on i th- that's what i want to know like you would think these people you know people who engage in these types of activities you would think that they're 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 in a minority right like they're not very common or, or at least you would hope that that's the case and then you find out that there's there's a huge network of people you know, rich people, powerful people, famous people that have have a connection to a guy who did this. I mean, he, he procured many women and children that were sexually abused. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Okay. Do we maybe want to contextualize that a little bit? Or, I'm sorry, I don't know if you're going to go into that, but I, specifically what particularly particularly transpired with respect to his procurement of women? Well, okay, so essentially there were young girls Mm -hmm. that were recruited by um, Ghislaine Maxwell. I don't know. You know, I don't even know if that's how you pronounce her name. Ghislaine. Ghislaine. Ghislaine, Ghislaine, whatever. Anyways, they were recruited. They were groomed. 
Okay, there was one story about a girl and um, just Lane Maxwell basically was coaching her on how to massage Jeffrey Epstein. Mm. And we'll, we'll, we'll get more into her later because whew, she's she's an interesting one too. Mm-hmm. So there's just going back for a minute. There are 36 known victims. Mm-hmm. Okay, possibly more. I, I would wager there are more, but there's 36 known victims. That's what happened when he when he was finally arrested and he was arrested on when was he arrested he was arrested on july 6th 2019 and that's basically what they know they know that there are 36 there were 36 victims um you know what you want to know what's funny though Mm. well not funny it's not funny at all, but police in Palm Beach, they started investigating this guy back in 2005. Okay, Palm Beach, Florida. Are you suggesting there was a little bit of uh, malfeasance? Uh, yeah. In the FBI? Um, oh, okay. Um, I can't say that to any, with any degree of certainty, but, you know, it is strange. A parent reported in Palm Beach uh, back in 2005 that he abused their 14-year-old child. doesn't specify if it was uh, a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. Most of his victims, I think, were, were female. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, and the police began investigating him in 2005 mm-hmm. in Palm Beach. He was arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, he did 13 months. Yeah, a whole 13 months. He took a very controversial plea deal and was released until his next arrest, the major arrest, the one that got him all the publicity, in July 6, 2019. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a, it was reported prior to his major arrest. Which also, it should go, to, I mean... Again, we're no lawyers here, so I don't know what the the first charge would have been at that point in time. But given the fact uh, that he was charged at an earlier date mm-hmm. and he was released on a, you know, let's call it a light sentence to say the least, that has to show you that if person A gets the same charge and they're not getting the same penalty or they're, this guy's leaving early on parole, that guy being Epstein... Mm-hmm. Then something has to be corrupt with that within that particular judicial branch. Uh, I don't I mean I don't know if that was uh, in a particular state or if that was a federal crime. Well, it was Florida. It was Palm Beach, Florida. Okay, so yeah, mm-hmm. the, the, wh- whichever whichever judge oversaw that sentencing and then release, I think that's a pretty good indicator that again, and I think that's the theme of when you run into a topic like this, you oftentimes run into. Um, a wall and sort of not a lack of evidence, but there's evidence, but there's nothing that's like the smoking gun of connecting all these elite people to, let's say as an example, to Jeffrey Epstein um, that's been borne out in courtroom or or that's been well publicized. Everything's kind of under wraps right now, to say the least. So that's, we kind of hit this uh, like metaphysical wall, so to speak, and, intangible sort of wall where you can't we're going to have to you have to start this is where the skepticism starts coming in because now we need to start connecting dots if we're going to have an honest discussion and dialogue that is a critical thinking dialogue this is where you you need to head down this path definitely definitely 
So yeah, he was arrested before. He was arrested um, July sixth. That was that was the major one. Mm-hmm. That, that's the one that really got the public's attention, and uh, a lot of people were looking forward to his revelations. What was going to come from his testimony when he was in custody? Of course, that never happened because mm-hmm. he died. He died. Okay, he died at the Metropolitan Correctional Center. It was very suspicious, to say the least. What have you heard about that? I mean, we've all heard, like, it's practically a meme. Epstein didn't kill himself. Mm. Anything you remember? At the time, uh, what I recall was that it was... Maybe I should take a step back. There's two... I think there'll be two general sort of story telling or narrative with respect to a guy like Jeffrey Epstein. You have your mainstream media narrative, which is surface level. Nobody's really saying anything out of the ordinary. And then you have your alternative media sources. Let's say Twitter is an example. It could be Reddit as well, where you have basically a, a bunch of independent reporters or journalists that are trying to accrue information um, that, that once assimilated, I think, can give you a better idea of what's going on. So at the time, I remember going on Twitter, and I'm trying to think exactly. I know he got arrested, and I think it was a quick turnaround, but I'm not, I'm not entirely sure on that. I think once he got arrested, the, the, the mainstream and the, the alternative Twitter, in this case, both lined up. They both had stated that um, he had uh, committed suicide. Now... The one thing to consider with respect to, uh, let's say, using Twitter as an alternative source of information is the information, um, I should say, the feedback that you get once information is released is much quicker. So whether that's somebody else that's commenting immediately, there's an immediate feedback loop on social media, whereas on mainstream media, you're going to have, you know, it's more centralized and you're going to have more Mm -hmm. people accruing information at a slower pace. So immediately, from what I recall, on the same day that um, it was stated that he took his life, um, there was, I don't recall the name of the account, but there was reporters that were uh, asking questions or stating facts. And again, things were out of the ordinary. They were saying that the camera went out. I don't know if this is accurate. Oh, it, it gets so much weirder, man. Yeah, like the, this, it, the, whether it's the cellmate, the camera, the security shift. But people were. Do you know starting, who his cellmate was? What's that? Sorry. Do you know who his cellmate was? I, re- I don't remember off the top okay. of my head. I, I know I've heard this story. It was a former times. police officer named Nicholas Tartaglione. Yeah, well, that's wow. That's a real yeah, Irish right, some name, sort of right there. For sure. <laughs> no, former <laughs> former cop, and he was awaiting trial for four counts of murder. Mm. Okay, I don't know if he was a cellmate or just like adjacent to him. From what I understand, he was a cellmate. Okay, he was in his cellmate. All right. He denied any knowledge. So mm-hmm. Epstein, the official story was that, well, they, I don't know if they published it at the time, but he, he was dead. He was semi-conscious, uh, semi-conscious, almost dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. They asked his cellmate, who was, his, who was his former police officer, who was standing trial for four counts of murder. Mm-hmm. All right. Great and choice he, of cellmate, he, by the way. <laughs> he denied any knowledge, so I don't know anything about it, right? I don't know. The NBC, okay, the NBC, this is mainstream media now, okay, they said two sources, two of their sources 
claim he attempted suicide. But a third source said the injuries weren't serious and that it seemed to be staged. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that's NBC. That's not, um, you know, some fringe conspiracy site. That's NBC. Mm-hmm. Even they said one out of their three sources had, had said that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so th- this was a really, really weird death. Okay, and, and if, it, just in case it's not already implied, wh- what we have here is a guy who's involved in the most, uh, the biggest, probably, sex scandal in American history. I, do, can you think of one bigger than this? No. Heidi Fleiss? No, not, I can't think of one. Okay, so he's got all these, you know, powerful people going to his island, you know, allegedly engaging in, in, in some some activities with, with minors, with underage uh, girls. Mm-hmm. So he knows quite a bit. He's a mysterious guy. Nobody really knows a ton about him. And he's arrested, finally. He's probably been doing this for a very long time. It sounds like he had the infrastructure to be doing this for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And he ends up dead under the most suspicious of circumstances. Right. Okay? Now, the safety procedures, so when you're, when you're kept in, in these types of situations, when you're arrested and you're in custody and you're in these types of situations, they have safety procedures mm-hmm. to make sure you're not harmed or you don't harm yourself. Right. They weren't followed that night. Okay, guards were actually supposed to check on him every 30 minutes. They didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, w- what's up with that? Yeah. like That's what I'm trying to fucking say. Listen. Y- you know what you, I mean? Y- y- once you start seeing, they're, they're Occam's razor. They're, you, you can't, like, w- once all these sorts of phenomenons or red flags or unusual occurrences, once you start stacking them all up, it, typically what is the, the simplest definition or simplest reasoning or simplest method of something occurring is typically the one that is probably factually true. So if you have all these sorts of things, well, you have to ask yourself, why, why would that happen? Why on that night? Why with that person? Right. So, like, I mean, this is one case where the conspiracy theorists, uh, they actually make more sense when it comes to this particular issue. They, of course, say he did not kill himself. He mm-hmm. was assassinated, mm-hmm. right? I, okay, I don't know that. <clears throat> but if I had to venture a guess, like what it looks like to me, that that's exactly what it looks like to me. That's what it looks like to most people, mm-hmm. okay? I'm mm-hmm. not going to be cute about it. That's what it looks like to most people. Everyone I talk to, mm-hmm. just about everyone, thinks that he was, he was assassinated. Mm-hmm. He was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, there are some other crazy theories that, you know, it wasn't even really him. It was a body double. He's alive and well. I'm not, okay, th- those are the types of conspiracy theories that I have no interest in because you can't prove that. Well, you can't prove that one way or the other, right? Where, yeah. Where's that conversation going? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can speculate on almost anything. But just based on what we know about him and what went down mm-hmm. when he was in custody, I, I can say with with confidence, I don't buy the official story. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I don't buy it. Another question you can ask specifically on the point you just brought up about the security guards or the prison guards. Mm-hmm. If you were to take like a take a sample size of, I don't know, 10 years, mm-hmm. or you can even make it smaller or bigger, it doesn't really matter. How often do you think that that happens just in general? It's probably extremely unlikely 
What's like suicides in prison? No, it's probably unlikely that they're missing a sh- the, the 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 point you brought up about the the shifts and the the fact that they're the way that they oh yeah 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 completed the shift, what mm-hmm. happened or did not happen, and what they did and did not do. How much of that is in accordance with their normal behavior? Mm-hmm. There's probably if you if you did it that thing ten thousand times, they, that's probably less than ten times that that mm-hmm. happens. It's just probably a, a very small likelihood. So it, again, it brings you back to that question of what the hell's going on with this particular this particular scenario with Jeffrey Epstein. And you, mm-hmm. again, once you start adding up all these pieces of of evidence or lack thereof, the commonly believed narrative. Uh, it just starts falling to pieces, and then you got to ask who was involved. I don't know if you ever have you ever seen any of those videos. This sounds a little bit weird, but YouTube recommends some weird shit um, where it's like a bug infestation in a house, and you could uh, take no. like you've never seen this. Okay, no. so there's there's some guys that are like you know ter- uh, pest removers, like pest terminators, mm-hmm. and they'll post video clips, whether it's like bees or hornets or whatever, or um, uh, you know, like big spiders and they have a spider web that's like behind a drywall. And oftentimes what happens is they cut out a section mm-hmm. and you see a small little piece. And once they start exposing more and more and more, it really shows like a full picture of, of who was involved or what was involved. In this case, they're just insects. But this is, it's kind of an analogy that I thought, I don't know if it's totally appropriate, but he was connected to a lot of people. So he was really kind of the tip of the iceberg. You didn't mm. really see what... That's what a lot of people think, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and I think that he, they really tried to... The, the people that may have, been, may have been associated with any sort of involvement with his death um, were probably weary of the fact that um, oftentimes when, when somebody's convicted of a federal crime, you can probably negotiate some sort of uh, terms that are favorable for... Um, you know, a, a particular individual that they are ha, have a sentence that is um, either commuted or it's reduced completely. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that uh, there, there's got to be, you know, there's, there was definitely a, a reason for concern at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I'll cue this up right now just to give you some... Ghislaine Maxwell is charged with six counts of sex trafficking of victims as young as 14. Ghislaine Maxwell, she's got evidence against so many important famous people that the rich and famous Prince Andrew, he's shaking, he's shaking. Just to give uh, some context, I'm not sure if you did uh, have it pulled up there, but that was uh, former Epstein associate uh, Stephen Hoffenberg, interviewed uh, by the Opperman Report. Yeah. And um, as I had mentioned earlier, she was Epstein's partner in crime. She mm-hmm. was a former socialite herself. Mm-hmm. Okay. She was, um, she was rubbing elbows with, the rich, the powerful, you know, the elite, as some people call them, right? She was... Um, we she, should also maybe contextualize that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, elite, in the purposes of these recordings and podcasts, will be a term used to basically state individuals within our society that are of extreme wealth and power and influence. 
in case anybody's uh, not aware of what that term means. It's not like elite, like, oh, these guys are, you know, better than us. It's elite that they just... Oh, no, they're definitely not better than us. No. <laughs> Sorry, go on. You know, the, the, the elites of the world, you know, the rich, the powerful people, the decision makers, you know. And uh, she's got a pretty ambiguous connection to Epstein. Like, okay, what did you think she was to Epstein? I, I thought she was a pimp. No, but what do you like her relationship with Epstein? What did you think? Oh, did you specifically? think they were married? What did you think? No, I don't know. I, I I always thought that there was there was um not a business element of it, but there was something that was very transactional that existed among both of them. I couldn't uh, without um without following it too deeply. It always looked like uh, when, it especially became more public in 2018, 2019, that it looked like there was something going on there that was uh, potentially there was something emotional and maybe they did in fact have some sort of relationship. I'm not entirely sure because I, I didn't follow that. In- I mean, I assumed they were a couple. That's I think that's what most people I think people from the assume. outside looking in, most people would assume that they are a couple, right. but but... I think if you knew anything about the case specifically and then you read a little bit more and a little bit more and you, then you watched any alternative media, you would realize that, that that definitely wasn't what they were up to. They were, I don't know, actually. I, I really don't know. From, I, I, I think if you're really starting into depth, you start to see that she was half, she was the glue, it seems like, of that sort of, uh, experience. Well, she, you know, she was apparently married to another guy. Was she? I didn't, I didn't even know that. Yeah, she was married to him. She got married to him apparently in 2016. Yeah. Okay. I had always assumed they were, you know, they were a couple, mm-hmm. you know, and um, that's what I had thought. I was shocked to learn she was actually married to some other guy. You they know? look platonic a little bit. I'm sorry? Platonic? Platonic what? Her relationship with Epstein? Yeah. Uh, it didn't start that way. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, it didn't maybe. start that way. Well, anyway, she was raised in Oxford, UK. Mm-hmm. Okay, she worked for her father. Um, his name was Robert Maxwell. Mm. He died in 1991, and it was ruled a suicide. Mm-hmm. And it was highly suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll touch, I'll touch more on that in a bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, she is a U.S., French, and and a citizen of the UK. So she she has citizenship in all three of those countries. Mm-hmm. Okay, pretty pretty interesting. And she was charged on July second, two thousand twenty, mm-hmm. formally charged with, for her role in this particular sex trafficking scandal. Mm-hmm. Okay. A judge denied her bail. Okay, said her finances lacked clarity. Now again, you're 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 pretty much a whiz kid when it comes to finance. What, what would that mean if I'm a judge a says kid, your finances <laughs> lacked clarity? What would that mean? Uh, there's some level of concealment of uh, information, um, probably particularly stemming from the origination of uh, any sort of wealth or funds. Shady shit. Yeah, shady shit. Like the you know. She might say, um, you know, on her balance, like her list of her assets and potential liabilities, 
there might be some information might be redacted or where did it come from? Because I'm assuming in, in some sort of discovery process is probably forensic in nature where they're trying to determine where something may have originated from. And I, I think the issue was with her, and if I'm sure we'll get into it um, without giving too much away. Obviously, there's a there's a backstory there and a history there that is um, shady, corrupt, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think specifically that, that term is probably also referring to her income and how does she generate her income? How does she generate her lifestyle? Like uh, that's the other thing with Epstein yeah, I would as love well. To know that they have they have um, they have all these uh, lavish lifestyles, but again, he was a oh, private, extremely lavish. Yeah, yeah, private private teacher. Then he went to become a financier, uh, financier, and you know, uh, investment sort of guy out of nowhere. Same thing with Ghislaine Maxwell. I have no idea how she particularly rose to prominence. I do know that she had a, a handful of business endeavors as well, involved with certain government operations in, in various countries. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how I would read that. Okay, well, you know what? Thanks for the clarification. So basically, we we don't know. Uh, the judge, he, he felt like there wasn't enough transparency when it came to her finances. And he denied her bail because of it. Among other reasons, I think he also th- thought she might be a flight risk. Mm-hmm. She might take off, but uh, he he mentioned that specifically. Oh, and by the way, if um, if her role in this in this island wasn't enough, she was also convicted of lying under oath. Mm. Okay. So, as I mentioned, she was a prominent member of a London social scene, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I I have the same question I had with Epstein: How how did that happen? I mean, is is it that easy to just? Become a member of you know the most prominent exclusive scenes in 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 America and in the UK. Mm. Okay, how are these people with these you know ambiguous these, these suspicious backgrounds or opaque backgrounds where nobody really knows a whole lot about them? Mm-hmm. How, how did they come to associate with these types of people? The royal family, politicians, business tycoons, tech giants, celebrities. How does how does that happen? I mean, it's a rhetorical question, right? I was of about course. to ask, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I think I have. I can. I can guess. It's but. weird. Mm-hmm. I know it's weird. Okay, I tell you, I, I know some people that are really, really rich. They're very well to do. They, you know, some of them are billionaires. I don't know them well, and there's a reason for that because I'm not one of them. Mm. Okay, it's a very exclusive circle. It's not easy. These people tend to be very closed off in nature. That's mm-hmm. just my own personal experience, but. You know they don't—they're not very welcoming to outsiders. Okay, so it's—it's it's really weird for me that these two people were a part of these circles without any clear reason on on why that is or how that came to be. So that—that's really strange. She also worked at a publication called the European, and her father owned that publication. I never heard of it personally. Have me you? Neither. No. I've never heard of it. Well, it goes to what your narrative, the, not narrative, the points that you're bringing up. It's a, a very obscure, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah, it's very obscure. Okay. Her father apparently was, was involved in some shady stuff too. I didn't, I didn't really look into detail on that, but. I, I, from my understanding at a government level, I know that he had some dealings with various government operations. To what extent? Oh, you don't know anything beyond that? 
Do I know? Yeah. I, I know. I know part of it. Um, part of it had to do, from what I understand, um, and what I've read. I think it. I don't think it involved f- French intelligence. I think it was MI six. So British MI six. MI six. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, these things are so covert. There's no way of knowing a hundred percent. I know that there was some involvement there, and there was some involvement with. Um, now, is this hearsay or was this stated officially somewhere? No, this is stated officially that he had connection um, through various uh, journalistic reporting. Um, one individual who's very good uh, with respect to her understanding and reporting on these topics is Whitney Webb. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. No. Um, she is an American journalist. I, I don't know. I don't know if she's moved to South America for personal reasons. I would think at the very least her proximity to these sorts of issues, given who these people are and what mm-hmm. it seems like the length they're willing to go to conceal certain information. Um, you know, it, it, it could be plausible that she's in another country to be a little bit of evasive, but she's, she knows all of her stuff. So a lot of my knowledge on these cases, which is her well-documented, I've read tons of articles that she's, she's um, reported on and sourced and cited. Um, she knows a, a bunch of individuals that are involved in these sorts of circles. Um, and uh, in any case, she she also had stated that um, the father was involved, I believe, in Israeli intelligence as well. I think it's Mossad. I believe it's that's how it's pronounced. Mossad, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, and, and, and she's even inferred in certain instances that uh, Epstein was somewhat, and even potentially Ghislaine was involved. I mean, it's, it's hard to know. It's, it's not that it's hearsay. It's, it's that it's, mm-hmm. it's getting bits and pieces of information and not really necessarily having that smoking gun. Well, as I mentioned, Rob, Robert Maxwell was, was um, he, he, he died in, two, in sorry, 1991, okay? Mm-hmm. His body was found floating in the sea near the Canary Islands. That's where his body was was discovered. They held a funeral for him in Jerusalem, attended by Israeli intelligence figures. Mm-hmm. To your point, mm-hmm. um, here they name one of them. I, ooh, I'm, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation: Chaim Shaim Herzog, mm-hmm. and the Prime Minister of Israel, Yitzhak Shamir. Mm-hmm. He gave the eulogy. Yeah, and you know, not to be, you know, too vulgar here, but what the fuck is that? Like, yeah, what is that? What is that? What is that? How how is it that this guy is supposed to be some sort of discreet, covert, either operative businessman, and he's that well connected that the prime minister, sorry, you said prime minister, right? Mm -hmm. Prime minister is is attending his funeral service. And then by virtue of that, if you just take that one step over Mm -hmm. and you connect it to Ghislaine, that means just by virtue of of proximity of being somewhat even moderately close to her father, she probably has some either, you know, second, third party uh, connections there as well. Mm -hmm. And she's connected with Epstein. So you can really kind of sort of see how there's potential connections that could be established amongst all those parties. Not for sure that we know, but... Man, it's 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 really weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. Okay, so th- there's a couple of different accounts on how they met. I'm talking about Jeffrey Epstein and and Jelaine, Jelaine, whatever her name is, Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Um, they met. One of the accounts is that her father, Robert Maxwell, yep. 
the guy so important that the the prime minister of Israel is the one who gave the eulogy at his funeral. Her father is the one who introduced her to mm-hmm. Jeffrey Epstein. That's mm-hmm. that's one account. And they started out. It was definitely a romantic relationship in uh, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know if it still was up until the end, but when they when they had first met up, it was in some sort of a romantic capacity. I don't know to what degree. I don't know if it was a conventional relationship or some sort of um, other arrangement. But yeah, so allegedly, according to one account, it was her father who set that up. Yeah. So we have three mysterious people here. Yeah. Really, really mysterious and shady people. Yeah, and on a, on a personal level, if you if you really think about it, and you really start to, um, I know this sounds odd, maybe to bring up, but if they did start off romantically, mm-hmm. and then it became more transactional in the future, platonic, you got to think that the type of dealings that they had and what they were doing, the trafficking and all that, even if they were romantic at the beginning, the fucking psychopathic nature mm-hmm. of these individuals, the corruptness of their character and of their morals and of their ethics, it's a romantic relationship. How can you have a romantic relationship with an individual who you know is both parties potentially, obviously, well, they're both sick. Yeah. They're I mean, they're both sick. Yeah. But, the, but you know, what gets me is, okay, sick I get. Okay. I mean, obviously I condone it or I don't condone it. It's disgusting. It's, it's despicable. But I understand sick. We, we, we know that there are sick people in the world. Mm-hmm. What I find very, very, very troubling is how well-connected all three of these people are. That's what, I, that's what really gets me. And I know that that's conspiracy theory fuel, but I but but it's but it's the truth. Okay, well, here you have three shady people that are you know so well connected, and look at the way they're intertwined. That's just weird. But if you're honest, JJ, look at look at our conversation up until this point. What what element of are we really inferring in depth? Mm. That is, our individuals are conspiring to do certain act. Everything's out in the open. It's all disclosed. It is. This is all. This is all statements of fact. Yeah. So I, I don't even really think it's it's that sort of. We don't really even have that sort of take. No, right it's now. just they, they use that term to kind of shut down any any inquisitiveness mm-hmm. you might have, mm-hmm. no matter how valid it is. But but listen, it's been used so many times. It's used inappropriately, and what they do is. They'll just say, you know, oh, that's a, you know, that's a conspiracy theory. I'm not interested in that. Okay. Right. But this is weird. And, and you know, when weird stuff goes on, people should want to know what's up. People mm-hmm. should want to look into it. Right. You know, they should want to analyze it, especially when it's done to this degree, mm-hmm. to this level, involving so many, quote, unquote, important people. Right. You know, decision makers, policy makers. Right. Celebrities, people with huge platforms, huge followings, mm-hmm. you know involved you know to varying degrees with quite possibly the most notorious sex trafficker in american history right and it's just the more you look into it the weirder it gets you 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 know what i mean like that's that that's what gets me is how weird this is there's a level of cognitive uh natural cognitive dissonance i think that uh 
an individual. It's a lot of information as well. It's information overload. And if you go back to that iceberg analogy or the, the insect analogy that I butchered before, but keep it like an iceberg, you know, if we're the metaphorical ship that is trying to navigate that particular environment, you almost, there's a level of reluctance that once you start, whether it's this particular topic or any topic that is kind of taboo to, to uh, discuss at length, I think you start realizing that uh, there's way more to this than it seems. And then the associated assumptions that may come along that are either supported by evidence partially or, or fully, you start, you start, um, you start realizing how crazy it is. And it's well documented, um, the connections there's, these are not, these are not average Joes that they own like your corner shop. These are like business tycoons. These are giants. These are, yeah, these are giants of uh, titans of industry that are, that are deep in this shit. Whether you're looking at, you know, partial evidence, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. And I, I, I apologize if I bring this up prior to, I know you had um, some material that, uh, you know, in, in um, conversation that you may have wanted to bring up. The, if you just take a piece of evidence like the flight logs. You know what? Yeah, we're going to discuss, hang on to that? You, discuss that. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't know if no, that. We're, we're definitely going to touch okay, yeah. on that. But my point is before I hand it off back to, to, to you with respect to going on to the next point here. There's information out there that explicitly states some level of involvement with Robert Maxwell, Ghislaine Maxwell, mm. Jeffrey Epstein, in varying capacities, uh, varying from like the most severe and like a pedophilia ring, trafficking ring, to the most simple like visiting an island. So you have to start again, and I, I, I think to ring true to the premise of the whole purpose of this podcast is... You have to start connecting dots. And where, where is this all going? How are these people all connected? Why are they all connected? Who, what, where, when, why? Classic uh, English. Uh, all uh, all good questions. Words. All very good questions. Now, so now, you know the nickname for the uh, the plane that took these prominent no. people? Uh, Lola, Lola? Lolita Express. Lolita Express, sorry. Do you know where that comes from? No. Okay, there was a Stanley Kubrick movie. I think it came out in the 60s. Okay. Called Lolita. Okay. I've never seen the movie. Um, it's apparently it's very hard to find. It's extremely hard to find. Stanley Kubrick is, is a really big famous director. He did The Shining, uh, Eyes Wide Shut, Clockwork Orange. Um, huge, huge director. He's he's conspiracy theory fuel himself because uh, I've heard I've heard it said numerous times. People think he's got. Um, coded messages in his films mm-hmm. okay that's that's a really interesting subject that we, we may we may discuss at some point but anyway he, he made this film mm-hmm. called lolita and it's about a middle-aged man who's attracted to you guessed it an underage girl oh okay yeah it's really hard to find actually if you try and google lolita express you know how google kind of populates words for you mm-hmm. it'll stop you put LOL, it'll stop. It won't even. It won't even give you. You know, it won't even populate for you. So if you like, I don't know. You put Dallas Cowboys. By the time you get to see Dallas and then CO, it'll it'll already start giving you suggestions. Mm-hmm. You do that with Lolita Express on Google. Try it. 
try it. It'll st- it won't it won't populate. It L, won't give you the suggestions. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's go. The L O L I T A. Yeah. There's nothing. Is, see what I mean? It's like just all the suggestions kind of disappear. Mm-hmm. And this is another thing, like that a lot of people talk about, like that big tech companies like Google, they kind of suppress results. I don't know if that's true. I mean, it, it's like DuckDuckGo. That's another search engine. All right. If you look on DuckDuckGo, you look on Google, it's not the same results all the time. You know, I don't know. I'm not really a big tech guy. Maybe there's a reason for that that I just don't know. This is fucking crazy. Why is there not even a Wikipedia link of the movie? It's not. The movie you should be able to find. You can no, find I'm it. I'm telling you. I looked up Lolita Express. It's all. No, no. The movie's just called Lolita. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first thing is a novel. Yeah, the the film I believe was based on a novel. Even the film is like so it's it's. You can't find much. The 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 yeah no you can't. The, there's only an, there's an IMDb, mm-hmm. <laughs> no Wikipedia. Okay, so there's there's a podcast that I listen to. Uh, it's 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 by Isaac Weishaupt. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, this guy kind of he goes down the rabbit hole with a lot of conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. He, he I like his show because he's pretty fair and balanced. He's not like um, you know some other big conspiracy guys that are kind of off the charts. Like he stays pretty grounded. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he did an episode on Kubrick. He's done a few on Kubrick, but this one in particular, he actually managed to get a copy of this film, Lolita. He played some clips. Wow, was it weird, man? It was weird. So the middle-aged guy who was in love with the girl, he, he this probably isn't 100% accurate because I haven't seen the movie, but the girl, she ends up getting kidnapped by another minor attracted person. <laughs> I said that just so you'd make that face. <laughs> I did that on purpose. I just wanted to see you make that face. Anyway, he gets he gets kidnapped by another sex trafficker i guess or whatever mm-hmm. and um the middle-aged man the first guy in the story he tracks her down eventually and he finds the guy responsible for kidnapping her and at some point i think he's got him he's got a gun to him mm-hmm. and the guy says listen you know I'm, this is off memory so it's probably not very accurate but he says something like listen don't kill me um do you like to watch i can arrange it for you to watch alone or, hey, do you like furniture? I got a guy who looks just like a bookcase. Mm-hmm. Whatever the hell that means. Mm-hmm. So it's a really weird movie, really, really creepy, and it's very hard to find. So that's what they nicknamed his boat, the Lolita Express. Uh, sorry, his, his plane. The Lolita Express, that's what they called it. And, um, I mean, just to add, just to add more... Um, sorry, I'm trying to pull, pull up a synopsis, but... It's hard to yeah, find. You, you, you've been, you. Yeah, you've been pretty accurate. Uh, accurate. Uh, was the, I? The, the Wikipedia. The Wikipedia. My memory is not that bad. The Wikipedia summary based on the novel, mm-hmm. and the, 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 this there is a there is a, sl, a small page on the film as well, but it doesn't it doesn't populate on your entry on the Google search. Mm-hmm. So it's weird that they even would censor that. I don't know why you would just wouldn't have it. It's I usually don't know the first. It's weird. Yeah, and it says it was polarized contempor- uh, polarized critics for its controversial depictions of child sex abuse. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how people... Uh, this is another topic altogether, but in Hollywood, it was seen as 
um, a great film and received critical acclaim, was later nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay at the 35th Academy Awards. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hollywood's going to get their own episode. No, I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot to talk about with Hollywood, man. Yeah. So what do you think the connection is there with Lolita? I'm pretty sure someone else nicknamed the, the plane that I don't think Epstein himself called it that. What, but even okay, let's just say that that is the case. Why the hell would you want? Why would you be okay with that? I don't think he was though. I think this was after the fact. I think they called his plane the Lolita Express in reference to the film. Oh, to convey that. Yeah, to convey that, right? But the film itself has its own, you know, controversy slash mysteriousness, weirdness right. attached to it. Look how hard it is to find. Okay, that that's one weird thing. Another weird thing is it's a Kubrick movie. All of Kubrick's movies are weird. My, my favorite Kubrick movie is Eyes Wide Shut. And apparently there's, there's a lot of child trafficking references in that film too. That's a creepy movie, by the way. Have you ever seen it? No. Oh, man, we, we can do a whole episode on that. Mm-hmm. I've listened to podcasts that have done episodes on it. I have my own take. It's a really creepy movie, but I highly recommend it. Tom Cruise... You know, Tom Cruise, come on, man, one of the best actors ever. Mm. Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, and um, yeah, it's super creepy, man. It's it's like you can tell Kubrick was trying to convey meaning deeper than what you were actually seeing. Mm-hmm. And Kubrick's films, they tend to do that. But anyway, I digress. That was the name of his plane. Uh, that was the nickname given to his plane. And um, there was a flight list people that have been on the plane i'm not gonna go through the list if people want to go through the list go online i'm sure you can find it i've i've seen it i don't know how real the one i saw was but if it exists you know it's out there i some of the names that keep occurring like they keep coming up over and over again the clintons apparently bill clinton was a frequent flyer on the lolita express among others he had travel points. Sorry? He had travel points. He did, yeah. Lies. He, he definitely did. And he also had, uh, intentionally or unintentionally, he had a lot of photography of him pictured with those individuals. So there was a couple of lawsuits that mm-hmm. have happened recently mm-hmm. of some of these individuals, and they've disclosed that he's been a part of their, their activities. And you got to think, if you take like a normal crime series and you mm-hmm. um, make a, a factual like almost like a documentary crime series like on A&E or I've seen some even on YouTube and some of these guys this is just for like uh, um, you know uh, either a basic crime or some of them are obviously more serious in nature like a murder and the level of depth of investigative investigative prowess that these guys have to exhibit to conduct the operation number one and then how much they're communicating to the viewer mm-hmm. If you if you map that onto this particular point you just brought up about the again the, the the flight logs, why the hell would this all not be public information? Like if they were really trying to figure out the sex trafficking details, all of this information would be widely publicized, widely scrutinized. They would be saying, "Why would a guy think about this logically?" I'm sure, did he? I think he did it while he was in office too, uh, or just at the end of his term. Bill Clinton. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was in the 90s and early 2000s. That's when he was he was going over. Which is strange because when you think of Bill Clinton, you don't really think sex scandal. No. 
<laughs> no, he's clean as a whistle. <laughs> yeah. Pure as a pure. Big time. Well, hey, he said he was. Yeah. He did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, man. no, there the the, the list is pretty deep, and and just for full disclosure, because we will probably have a podcast on this in the future as well. There's individuals of all kinds on there. Whether you guys want to have uh, the optical delusion, so to speak, that there were may have not have been involved, but Trump was also another individual who was on yeah, these flights. That doesn't mean necessarily that his own accounting is that he did not participate in an activity. And as the clip we played earlier suggests, he was disgusted. I mean, that's his. That's you know hearsay. He he said she said if it ever got into court, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was uh, also one of the people, Bill, again, Bill Gates, another frequent flyer. What, I don't know how true this is. I People swear to me that it's true. I, I can't say that it's true 100% because I don't know. Apparently, did you ever see that portrait in, in you know Epstein's house there on the island, the one with Bill Clinton in a blue dress and red shoes? No. You've never seen it? Mm-mm. Man, look it up. Look it up real quick. It's, trust me, it's worth it. And like for everybody listening, look it up. I don't know how real it is. Maybe it's a hundred percent real. Maybe it's a hundred percent fake. I don't know. But our good friend Mike S. Uh, told me today that it's a hundred percent real. We got to bring him on one day. He's, 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 he could have a lot to contribute to this. So the painting, the description on the article, which is the first one I pulled up, I searched up. Uh, Epstein Clinton blue dress. Mm-hmm. Um, the painting has inspired numerous conspiracy theories, but the artist who does claim that they painted it had no idea that Epstein owned it. And oh, it, so it is real. It is real, yeah. And the, the picture itself um, is by Petrina Ryan Clyde, and it's titled Parsing Bill. Okay. As in Bill Clinton, and it was uh, it was painted in twenty twenty twelve. It's a brutal picture. Twenty twelve. Yeah. Really. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna see if I can flip it over to you without uh, making too much noise here. Oh yeah, no, I've seen it. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it. So it's a, that's a real painting. Yeah, it's a painting, uh, for those who are going to listen and maybe not look up the picture, it's a painting of what it looks like to be Bill Clinton sitting in um, one of the Oval Office chairs. He is wearing a blue sort of like gala-style dress um, with red uh, shoes, red high heels, and he's pointing at the picture. And I I don't know what would inspire somebody to do something like this. (laughs) Listen, I don't know, but Epstein owned this painting? Yes. Was in possession of it. I mean, I don't know when they arrested know. him. What's that? Sorry, he was in possession of this yes. painting when they arrested him. Ooh, that's wow. what this article suggesting. Okay. Yeah, that's weird. Really, really weird. So, Epstein, Maxwell, friends with politicians, movie stars, connected to heads of state. You know, members of the royal family. And again, listen, I'm not picking on the royal family. That's not what I'm here to do. That's not what I'm trying to do. Okay, but there's another notorious sex offender that's connected with the royal family. 
This is, that seems to be the theme. We're dealing with sex offenders here, especially predatory sex offenders, people that attack um, underaged victims. Jimmy Seville, hmm. you know, he's, he's, he's been talked about quite a bit lately. He was knighted by the queen, the deceased queen. Yeah, he, he was actually knighted by her. So get this, you're going to love this. He was born on Halloween, October 31st, 1926. That was his birthday. And he died October 29th, 2011. It's like pretty close together, mm-hmm. right? But born on Halloween. That's, that's appropriate for a monster, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, if, for those of that don't know or didn't see his Netflix documentary, he was a DJ, he was a TV show host, he was a radio host, he worked at the BBC, and um, after his death, hundreds of accusations were made against him for sexual assault. What did you know about Jimmy Seville? Uh, as awkward as it sounds, I, from what I've heard and, and read, I've, I know that he has a connection actually with both Prince Andrew, oddly enough, and uh, King Charles, both of them. And even if you look strictly uh, and solely at their it, things of them being photographed together, again, you got to ask yourself, what the fuck is a sex trafficking or abusive child molester or child pedophilia individual if this royal family, as an example, is this beacon of hope is this beacon of goodwill purity. is this beacon of integrity integrity purity and that it's associated with an individual like that and furthermore how does an individual like that and uh, his with Prince Andrew especially, you know, like this was this was a recent development. I think this was with, within the past two years. I, I Listen, I never heard of him before, before then. So, yeah, it's pretty recent, I would say. Yeah. And the level of coercion of the British media mm-hmm. that the royal family squashed the prince's involvement in all these sorts of... And Prince Andrew, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Prince Andrew was another uh, visitor to Epstein Island. <laughs> And to Epstein, there's, there's a lot of uh, f- photography, a lot of reports, and them also hanging out frequently, Epstein and Prince Andrew. Definitely. Definitely. We got a pretty cool clip on Jimmy Seville, if you want to pull that up. Yes. Abuser of the worst kind, preying on children, the elderly, and even dead bodies. He is said to have been the most prolific sexual abuser in the UK. He was best friends with Prince Charles. He was also a procurer of children for the British royal family. I've just been writing an article about it for the last two days going out over the weekend, and I've headed it, uh, Jimmy Savile, doorman to the cesspit. Uh, You could say doorway to the cesspit as well, for for reasons I'll explain. Um So when I said that was a cool clip, I didn't mean the the content was cool. It was just pretty descriptive. Mm Mm-hmm. This was what I meant by that. There's nothing cool about anything I just heard there, but it's pretty disgusting, actually. And uh, this guy was, 
the, you know, this guy had a lot of interactions with children on the air, probably off the air, actually. Well, I, I know he had a lot of interaction with children off the air. Mm-hmm. It makes me sick to my stomach. makes me angry when I think about it. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of, you know, a lot of parents would trust somebody like this with their kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to find out that he's this, he's this despicable, despicable creep, you know, and he's doing these, these terrible things, molesting these poor innocent kids. It, it mm-hmm. makes me sick. Yep. It makes me sick to my stomach. Yep. And he was a, he, he was apparently very big in the UK. He, he was very popular, very famous. I've heard that as well. Yeah. I, I listen, allegations were made while he was alive. Just to clarify, this didn't all come up when he was dead. Okay. But, but it was either ignored or it was suppressed. He even took legal action against some of the uh, some of the people that accused him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know if he was coached into doing that or what. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, you know, he th- he thought it would make him look innocent if he if he went on the offensive or whatever, but it, it's just brutal. In June 2014, investigations uncovered he sexually assaulted staff and patients between the ages of 5 and 75 years old at 28 hospitals that he was involved with. Some of which that he donated to. So 28? Can, 28 different hospitals. You believe that? Like, this is one no, sick, I, I, twisted it, individual. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking par for the course for these people. They're all sick. They're all sick. And then again, you got to ask yourself, how the hell can a guy like this get so close to the royal family, as that clip just uh, alluded to? I, I don't know. How do you, how do you go unnoticed? How do you go unnoticed? How do you rise to this to, this, to these positions and go unchecked, unnoticed? It's actually my assumption is the exact opposite. I think it it goes unnoticed to the public, but noticed to those in the in the smaller circles. And I think one word I know we've kind of sticked pretty much to, um, you know, we're just again stating facts here. But I think the one element that Again, it's counterintuitive, but if you really think about it, it does make a lot of sense. A lot of these individuals have hubris. It's it's the it's that element of um, they think you know we're never going to get caught. We have all this power. We have all this influence. If we do get caught, we have the ability to basically do whatever the hell we want. Who's gonna you know? Who's going to stop us? They can't do anything. And I'll give you an example. This is totally unrelated, but also can tie into how these personal despicable actions can go unpunished. The Queen passed a few days ago at the time of recording this podcast. Every single British citizen has an inheritance tax of 40%. What? Yeah. That, that's the tax that they have imposed over there. Um, coincidentally. Okay. And favorably for the royal family, there is no inheritance tax on all the estate of the Windsor family. Really? Yes. So they have. So any any property that was inherited, any um, income streams that were passed along, um, property and the like, none of it is taxed. And just to clarify for for people listening, the Windsor family is. The Windsor family is the current uh, name of the royal family and the associated 
monarchy and bloodlines, but the Windsor family did not start off as the Windsor family. I don't know if that's something you want to cover in the scope I, of this. I definitely do. Yes. I, in the in the scope of this podcast, I do. Okay. Well, you know what? We can we can briefly touch on it for sure. Sure. Um, so the the Windsor family, um, t- without going into too much of a family tree history, um, a lot of these royal families, uh, you have to understand over the course of history they didn't really start with the current naming and the current setup that they have right now it used to be obviously uh, much more feudal feudalistic if that's a word in, in nature the Windsor family was actually not called uh, the Windsor family they're actually from a house or bloodline European bloodline called the house of Saxe Coburg and Gotha uh, was a German bloodline that stemmed from the previous bloodline, which was called Saxe-Coburg-Salfield, which originated from the Germanic regions uh, three, four hundred years ago. That is, that's not even really like relevant not, to what we're discussing. But I just find that so interesting. Yeah. So the 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 royal the British royal family is actually German. German origination, yeah. Of German, okay. German origination right. established themselves in the UK. Um, partnered with you know other countries, assimilated other countries, colonized other countries, mm-hmm. and then the 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 sentiment was during World War One that the German origin of the house was off-putting given the context of the war, so they had to change to the Windsor family. So they're not even um, entirely British. Okay, you know what? I'm I'm really glad you clarified that because, by the way, that's all fact, right? That's it's all fact. Yeah, this is all fact. It's okay. all well documented. And I would like to say also to mm-hmm. some of the other information that we pulled up, not a lot. Even if you think about this as an example, again from a disclosure perspective, it's something so simple, but it can be something that causes a, a, a little bit more inquiry. Why do they not take last names? Why are these individuals, you know, House of Saxon Coburg, House of Saxon Coburg Southfield, House of Wedden? Why are they not wh- wh- Windsor family? Why, where's the lineage here? I, I, I know I this know. is off, totally off, <laughs> off track, but you know, it's it, it, it goes to show that there's a level of concealment. Whether it's something as simple as their their fucking last name, or something <laughs> as serious as as a cover up or any interaction with a guy like. Jimmy Seville is his last name? Well, yeah, Jimmy. Okay, so I, those are all valid questions. Yeah. Uh, we, we can't explore them too no. much indeed because we, we have so much to cover on this topic. Yeah. But we can we can definitely look into that, you know. Um, but, yeah, so at some point, the queen of, of the Windsor family, of the royal family, she knighted Jimmy Seville. I don't know exactly when that was. But uh, she knighted Jimmy Seville, as you heard from that audio uh, we had played. He had um, he had a relationship with other members of the royal family as well, and uh, a lot of the accusations made against him were suppressed, as we discussed. But they weren't exactly unknown, though. You know who the Sex Pistols are? You're pretty good with music. You know who the Sex Pistols are? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I've heard of it. Well, John Linden from the Sex Pistols said in a 1978 interview, I'd like to kill Jimmy Seville. We all know what he is doing, but we're not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Th- think about that for a second here. So, did you, okay, 
he is from the Sex Pistols, John Linden. All right, he is. He's definitely in the uh, I don't know I guess the elite circles. Sex Pistols was a pretty big band, and that's what he said in 1978. He says he'd like to kill Jimmy Seville. We all know what what he does, but we're not allowed to talk about. Not allowed by who? Okay, mm. again, I'm not trying to. I, I, like I'm not trying to go there, but but this that's a valid question. Not allowed by who? Who's telling you not to talk about it, and why? Could be the same group of people that's preventing Epstein from talking as well. I, I but you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not trying to be provocative here. I'm not trying to. I'm asking a valid question here. When, when if you worked with somebody that was doing things that he shouldn't be doing, mm-hmm. something predatory in nature, he was hurting somebody, especially someone is you know innocent as a child mm-hmm. who, who the hell is going to tell you hey don't talk about that look the somebody other way. more powerful and more influential than you like, no you, you understand how disturbing be. that is right i know yeah yeah like the, that's like deeply deeply disturbing well, that, the same thing happened with epstein the same thing like happened 100 by, by epstein i mean the same the the ring of trafficking that was associated with epstein and the people who are participating in it, it's the same function of concealment of information that's surrounding, you know, pedophilic acts uh, and and sexual abuse of minors, yeah. which uh, uh, as a completely uh, side topic, again, I don't know, again, if we'll have the time to do it in, in uh, tonight's episode, but the pervasiveness of this sort of rhetoric is, is really heating up in mm-hmm. the culture of today as well. Mm-hmm. what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, um, where individuals that we've uh, alluded to for the past hour or so are, th- these people would fit right in now. Listen, you know, it, this type of stuff is troubling in of itself. Mm-hmm. When you hear about people preying on children, that's disgusting and it makes me sick. But it's, it's troubling on a whole nother level. When it's being done by people that are well connected, very powerful, and know how to get around the system, know how to actually have the system work for them. Okay, and when I'm hearing things like in, back in 1978 with Jimmy Seville specifically, that it was known what he did, but we're just not allowed to talk about it. That's like disturbing in a way that I I can't even put into words. So you know this guy's preying on children, mm-hmm. and you can't do anything about it mm-hmm. because some unknown person or persons is telling you you're not allowed to go there. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to intervene. You're not allowed to to discuss it, to use your platform to help these kids. And lack of courage. Well, like, yeah, but who has that kind of jam is what I'm saying. Who, who's got the power, the clout to just shut this stuff down? And why? And if and if you really did have that kind of influence, why the hell would you use it for something this nefarious, this disgusting, to help people like this? Why would you do that? Why, indeed? And then, if you if you take the whole tapestry of information that we've brought up until this point, mm-hmm. and you assume the the highest level of innocence. Mm-hmm. Or involvement, or at least a little, little of amount of involvement from the royal family, let's say as an example, which we obviously know isn't the case. Mm-hmm. But let's just say we give them the benefit of the doubt. 
the guys that the I forget sorry I forget the name of the rock band you just brought up Sex Pistols Sex Pistols way before your time don't worry I know <laughs> before my time too what are the odds that not a single member in the royal family did not hear that statement next to none there is no chance that they would not know that one of the most prominent rock bands at the time mm-hmm. or maybe not prominent like like the Beatles but they're 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 they popular. Were they were big. They're big. Mm. It's impossible that they were not aware of that statement. And even from an optics perspective, why would you not distance yourself from that individual? No. Instead of distancing yourself, you become friendly to the point where you're best friends, or you get a knighthood. So it again, we no smoking gun. But you got to start connecting the dots here and like, what the fuck is going on? It's weird. It's troubling, man. It's really, really weird. Yeah. Okay. And obviously, like I said, we, we, can't, we can't cover this in one episode. You know, I'd, we're going to have to do at least two, maybe even more mm-hmm. to cover all the transgressions that occur with respect to abusing kids and... If it's not being done directly by powerful people, it's being enabled by powerful people or helped along by powerful people or covered up by powerful people. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, this is something that's really worth talking about. It's something worth analyzing. And I need to know, not that, you know, we'll have, we'll have the ability to uncover that, but I really need to know... Um, what people make of this? Why, why? Why is it so prevalent in such high places? I don't know that we'll ever know the answer to that. I think we can we can probably guess, and we can. I think the the, the thing that feels good about a conspiracy theory per se is that you you feel like you're problem solving. You feel like oh shit, I'm I. This was the secret that all along, this is the, the thing that's going to solve the puzzle yeah. that I, I am now, you know, I have a certain, I'm so smart that I nobody else knows this or that even the reverse effect. Holy shit. I can't believe everybody knows this is like, this has been happening this whole time. And, you know, as much as we would want to say that, or, or we would want to, co- you know, connect all these dots in a way that was a smoking gun, I... I don't think you really need to even get to that point. This is not something you need to prove in court. You just need to know that this is their public image. This is what's actually been disclosed mm-hmm. with their associated parties involved with these people. Something is, is incongruent here. Something does not match. Definitely. So w- where do we go from here? You got to accept, are you going to accept what these individuals say at face value? Well, I think the first step is awareness. Yeah. You know, like we live lives where everyone pretty much just kind of has their head in the sand does their own thing, minds their own business. But mm-hmm. awareness is always the first step in solving any problem. You have to, you have to acknowledge that there is a problem and um, bring it to light as best you can. I mean, we're only two people, but you know what? Good ideas trump bad ideas. 100%, man. 100%. And, and I would like to think that in a civilized society, you know, most people would defend a defenseless child, an innocent mm-hmm. child, mm-hmm. and they would do whatever it takes to, to defend an innocent child. And it's pretty disturbing when you see stuff like that going down, you know, amongst very powerful people. Or you see them, you see very 
bad people, sex traffickers, child abusers, you see them being protected by very powerful people. It's, it's really, really disgusting. It turns my stomach. But as I said, like, there, there's a lot of content here to cover. Um, I think we'll wrap this one up because if we continue, we'll, we'll never stop. Mm-hmm. It's just there's so much to discuss. Yeah. We're definitely going to do part two. Who knows, maybe even part three, but part two for sure. Yeah, I think in, in another episode we may go into more cultural ramifications and maybe this will be a good segue to that future episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one thing to hear this on a podcast and hear this on a, a, a hear this in a way that seems very informal um, in a way. And it's another thing altogether when you actually read the articles, you read the information, you see the imagery, mm-hmm. because there's a level of human connectivity to it. And I think that if you see now in society um, the prevailing kind of trends and, and things that we're now being introduced to and how much um, how much is a crossover or overlaps with what we've discussed, I think you can start to see that this is a path that, again, we'll discuss in a later date, but you start going down this path. It's not, it's not pretty. Like these things were, for as much as we've discussed them and the length we've discussed them at, you know, this, this is, this is not, it's, it, this, for most people, not, not, this is not very well known. It's kind of in the shadows, this information in a way. Yeah. Yeah. In a way. And I think uh, you're starting to see that the tolerance is becoming more and more acceptable. So hopefully at a future date, we can uh, discuss that in greater detail. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. But we, we covered quite a bit here and there's still so much more to go. So I think we'll wrap this one up. Um, do you have any closing thoughts? No. Um, just a, a side note here. Um, we, we should have everything uploaded now on the Apple, app. I think it's Apple podcast platform. Mm-hmm. Everything's on Spotify. Um, if there is any feedback, um, for those that who have shared the episode and if, again, if you did find the episode valuable tonight in our future episodes, we ask that you share with a friend or a family member. Um, if there is something that you would like to bring to our attention that maybe we can discuss, or you think that we need to work on. Uh, regarding what we've uh, set up so far, let us know. You can't fix perfection, Tom. (laughs) No, you can't. And we'll end it there.